discretion by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> this is Tuchel Matos with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! What's with the limp? I got hit by a car on my bike. This person just ran a red light. How are you gonna work? You wait tables. I don't know. I'm terrified. I count on my tips and these hospital bills are confusing. The insurance adjusters just treat me like I'm a piece of paperwork. Man, you should go to johnstrausslaw.com. John Strauss is a great personal injury attorney. When I got hurt, he handled everything for me. He was on my side and best of all, I didn't have to pay out of pocket. He got paid when I did. That's great because I cannot afford to pay out of pocket. Yeah, don't let them confuse you and trick you. They treat you like you're a business. And it's not business, it's personal. Injury. JohnStraussLaw.com The Night Space brings you high time story time every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. Listen to San Francisco's finest underground comedians read crazy stories written by me, Arden, on The Night Space. The Night Space featuring high time story time every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. High Time Story Time Volume 1 now available on Amazon.com for Kindle and electronic download. Sunday, June 11th at Cobb's Comedy Club, 7.30 p.m. Tickets are $16 for the All-State Heavyweight Comedy Showdown! Hosted by Terry Dorsey, featuring some of the best comedians all over California from San Francisco, Pam Benjamin from Saratoga, Joey Avery, and all the way out of San Diego, Mike DeVore. Other comedians as well for only $16 at Cobb's Comedy Club, 915 Columbus Avenue. Go get your tickets for June 11th now.
tell me what you think about your situation. Complication, aggravation. Is it getting to you? Then tune in live every Sunday from 12 to 2 p.m. to the edge of insanity with myself, Paul Brumbaugh. Kit Marie. Brandon Ray. And Mistress Christine. All on Mutiny Radio. That's right, PCRcollective.org. We'll see you there. Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's Performance Space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be like in front of an audience, like a damn squirrel?
coming up next is Women's Magazine with Global Val. Stay tuned to Mutiny Radio.
Magazine. I'm Global Val. Thanks for being here with me as we go one more time around the sun and the moon on Women's Magazine, MutinyRadio.fm, San Francisco's Mission District, a beautiful, slightly blustery 
Blue Sky Day here. It is Friday, June 9th, 2017. What interesting times we live in. You know, with the current president of the United States of America and with the immense reaction to his election and inauguration. And of course, I'd like to reference the Women's March on Washington, which across the country was the largest protest demonstration on U.S. soil ever. Um, standing up to the misogyny, the sexism, uh, and and really just the, the attack on women, um, both from the sentiments of the current president and the vice president, um, who's you know made a career out of making laws to try to um, suppress women's voices and oppress women's choices. Maybe that should be a bumper sticker or something. I don't know. But um, in this very interesting time, you know, it almost looked like there was this big, you know, drawback and this and 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 women who you know have. <clears throat> It, it have have such important role in the world and in, in our society here in the United States. Um, and that, you know, has been growing for generations now. Um, kind of a, kind of a, a, you know, sliding backwards a bit um, in the past few months, uh, in the past year, um, just in rhetoric alone, but also in legislation. So when Recent developments in our country's uh, goings-on um, have raised some very interesting parallels between the experience of women and, oddly enough, the experience of the former head of the FBI, James Comey, who was fired by President You-Know-Who uh, just a few weeks ago, and um and then James Comey, former FBI director, um, just testified in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee uh, this week. So I came across this really interesting New York Times article uh, by Nicole Serratore. This is a June 8th article called James Comey and the Predator-in-Chief. It's an op-ed piece. And I wanted, I'd like to read that, um, at least parts of it today. Um, <clears throat> to show you what I'm talking about. Here's the article. As I listened to James B. Comey, the former FBI director, tell the Senate Intelligence Committee about his personal meetings and phone calls with President Trump, I was reminded of something. The experience of a woman being harassed by her powerful predatory boss. There was precisely that sinister air of coercion of an employee helpless to avoid unsavory contact with an employer who is trying to grab what he wants. After reading Mr. Comey's earlier statement, I tweeted about this Wednesday night. And of course, I'm speaking from Nicole Serratore from the New York Times and immediately heard from other women who had seen that narrative emerge. How recognizable it was that Mr. Comey was, quote, stunned to find himself in these potentially compromising positions. His incredulity, mixed with the president's circling attempts to get his way, were poignant. For a woman who has spent a lifetime wrestling with situations where men have power they can abuse, this was disturbingly familiar. On January 27th, Mr. Comey received a last-minute dinner invitation from the president and then learned it would be, quote, just the two of us. 
On Thursday, Mr. Comey revealed that he had had to break a date with his wife in order to dine with the president. Something about this setup made him uneasy. And he said, set up and uneasy. <clears throat> the central business of this intimate dinner was, was the president's insistence, quote, I need loyalty. I expect loyalty. <laughs> I'm going to start putting like a mob accent on. I need loyalty. I expect loyalty. All right. Um, Mr. Comey immediately recognized that this was a press for something he did not want to give. He froze, quote, I didn't move, speak, or change my facial expression in any way during the awkward silence that followed, end quote. That reaction, the choice of stillness, responses calculated to neither encourage nor offend that characterized so many of his dealings with the president, is so relatable for any woman. During his testimony, Mr. Comey was asked why he had not responded more robustly, why he hadn't told the president that he, the president, was acting inappropriately or reported his behavior immediately to others in authority. Mr. Comey expressed regret that he had not been, quote, stronger about it, but explained that it was all he could do to focus on not saying the wrong thing. In other words, he wanted to avoid granting any favor while avoiding the risk of direct confrontation a problem so deeply resonant, resonant for women. During that interminable, awkward dinner, Mr. Comey struggled to convince the president of the danger of, quote, blurring boundaries. But the president was not deterred and returned to the subject of the loyalty he must have. There you hear the eternal voice of the predatory seducer, the man who knows how hard he can make it for a woman to refuse his needs. Mr. Comey struggled or tried to wiggle out of the trap being set for him. He offered his, quote, honesty, hoping this would appease the insatiable host. The president countered with a demand for, quote, honest loyalty. Mr. Comey acquiesced. Yet, as he documented this, quote, very awkward conversation, his concession of this phrase troubled him. He hoped that he had not been misunderstood by the president. The victim of sexual harassment is constantly haunted by the idea that she did, said or did something that gave her persecutor encouragement. Serial harassers, of course, have an intuitive sense of this and are skilled at manipulating and exploiting it. Mr. Comey, you are not alone. How many of us have played over and over in our minds an encounter that suddenly took a creepy, coercive turn? What did I say? Were my signals clear? Did I, say, did I do something ambiguous? Did I say something compromising? At a White House ceremony on January 22nd, Mr. Comey reportedly tried to blend in with the curtains so that he would not be noticed by the president. The president called to him and pulled him unwillingly into a hug. What woman has not tried to remain invisible from an unwelcome pursuer's attentions? Mm-hmm. To this series of bizarre interactions in which he faced escalating pressure, Mr. Comey reacted with rising anxiety and distress. Time after time, the president reverted to his questionable agenda, and Mr. Comey, at each pass, tried to parry the president's unwanted advances. This dynamic with the president became so disturbing to Mr. Comey that after an Oval Office meeting in February, he implored the Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, 
quote, to prevent any future direct communication between the president and me, end quote. Mr. Comey did not want to be left alone with his boss again. We've been there, Jim. In their final exchange on April 11th, the president told the FBI director, quote, I have been very loyal to you, very loyal. We had that thing, you know. On May 9th, having rebuffed the president, Mr. Comey was fired. Quote, we had that thing. Once more, the seducer asserts a shared intimacy that was not really there, attempting to ensnare his victim with an imputed complicity. The infamous Access Hollywood tape that, you know, Donald said of any woman he wanted, quote, I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. Just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Grab them by the pussy. You can do anything. With the power of the presidency at his disposal, Donald Trump thought he could use the psychology of a coercive seduction on the nation's chief law enforcement officer. Victims of sexual harassment often face skepticism, doubts, and accusations when they tell their story. That's part of the predator's power. But I'm here to tell James Comey and all the women and men who have suffered at the hands of predators, I believe you. Thank you, Nicole Serratore from the New York Times. Uh, she is a New York Times, New York-based theater critic and travel writer. And that was her opinion piece uh, published on June 8th. So I find it very interesting um, that so many of these issues are coming to light and in these really from unexpected corners. So... I believe that that is uh, shedding some light and shedding some hope on this situation because, you know, I think ignorance is kind of a mask and uh, I think we're starting to see what's under that mask and uh, hopefully it scares the daylights out of people and uh, we can move forward in a more positive way and uh, make sure that everybody who is working for this country and who is working and contributing to any community uh, are in a position where they feel safe, where they feel respected, where they are treated with integrity and uh, that we've got to kind of drain this White House swamp. This is Women's Magazine. Here's a little more music from Rico Pabon. Dándole gracias a esa gran estrella que me guía Ya sé que cada experiencia fue una bendición Y agradecido estoy
You are listening to Women's Magazine here. I'm Global Val. MutinyRadio.fm loves you, and we hope that you love Mutiny Radio as well. If you'd like to help our station out, you can go straight to our homepage, MutinyRadio.fm, and click on the Donate Now button. It is a tax-deductible donation you can make because we are sponsored by Media Alliance, who believes in us and wants to help us thrive. And so if you'd like to uh, contribute any small amount will do. Hey, maybe you've got a large amount you'd like to contribute. It's June. Why wait till December to start hiding your money in donations? Start now and uh, show the community that you love free speech and that Mutiny Radio is your choice. So thanks so much for supporting us here and I'll be right back.
You are listening to Women's Magazine here at MutinyRadio.fm. I'm Global Val. Thanks so much for listening. That is some music, as I said earlier, from Rico Pabon, uh, Todo Lo Que Soy. Um, a great, I picked it up, but I saw him performing at the SF Jazz Center a couple months ago. Actually, yeah, I think it was April, um, National Poetry Month. Um, the SF Jazz Center has a poet laureate, Genevieve Lim, or Jenny Lim, who's been doing jazz poetry for a long, long time. She's a San Franciscan, and she uh, curated um, Poetry Week into SF Jazz, and uh, she had invited uh, Rico Pabon, uh, who I just happened to catch because he was performing with Jennifer Barone and Daniel Hefez of The Word Party. Uh, the Word Party Jazz and Poetry Open Mic extravaganza is every third Tuesday at a place called Piano Fight. That's at 144 Taylor Street in the Tenderloin. For those of you locals, that's the old original Joe's building, uh, 144 Taylor. And I'm actually going to be performing there on, uh, I'm the feature at uh, Word Party this month. It's going to be on Summer Solstice, June 20th. Tuesday, June 20th. Show starts at 7 o'clock. Sign-ups as well. And it goes till about 9, 9.30. Um, so I'm really excited to be a regular of the Word Party. And now they've asked me to feature. So I am honestly a little bit nervous. But... Um, I just got to figure out what I'm going to do. Um, but it's all the, the jazz is an improvisation part of it. So, you know, you just kind of got to go with the flow. So uh, if you want to come out and hear some of uh, not just my poetry, but poetry of a very dedicated, uh, very talented contingent of the San Francisco poetry community, you should go to the Word Party at Piano Fight every third Tuesday. And it's a free show. You go in and it's free. Uh, it's 21 and over because there is a, a bar there. You can order food if you'd like or drinks if you'd like. No pressure there. Um, yeah, it's a pretty funky, cool spot. Big stage in the front room. Anyhow, um, this is San Francisco, and it is the 50th anniversary of the Summer of Love that we here are celebrating in, in the city and, and all around. And of course, uh, one of everyone's favorite musicians of that time, of course, was Jimi Hendrix. But um, let's take a minute and kind of evaluate what kind of messages or at least one very popular message that still gets played on the radio all the time came from the Jimi Hendrix camp. Your hands. 
So even though we think of Jimi Hendrix as, uh, you know, this purveyor of cosmic love, and, and I do believe that this song had some, you know, kind of poignance to it, uh, perhaps calling out uh, violence against women. But unfortunately, the, um, the hit machine, you know, still pumps this one out as, you know, it's this great song uh, by the Jimi Hendrix experience. And obviously the sound, it's awesome that that, that rock uh, kind of funk got a, a little psychedelic twist to it. Um, it's kind of like when I, when I go to other countries and I'm dancing to music and I don't know what they're saying. I'm like, well, I don't know what they're saying, but the music's fun. So I'll dance to it. Um, sometimes when I hear songs in English that have a really great groove, but the, the lyrics are terrible or, you know, violent or misogynistic or something like that. Sometimes, sometimes I just try to pretend like I don't speak English so I can still dance. So, you know, music is a, uh, is complex in our lives. Um, I still do love Jimi Hendrix. However, um, I just wanted to bring that out as a point because there was a, a story in international news this week and I'm reading an article from the Metro, um, that's a UK paper online. Naked feminists stage screaming protest for violence against women. Um, this is an article from Friday, June 2nd, uh, and it took place in Argentina. More than 100 women stripped naked and performed a screaming protest about violence against women in Argentina. They gathered outside the president's palace, Casa Rosada, in Buenos Aires. The women performing the femicide is genocide protest stood in a group and undressed in front of onlookers before screaming en masse. They were members of the Artistic Force of Communicative, Communicative Shock, or the FACC, performing a dramatization as a prelude to the next march of the feminist collective Ni Una Menos, Not One Fewer which will be held on Saturday, June 3rd, or was held on Saturday, June 3rd in Argentina. In all, 120 women undressed completely in the Plaza de Mayo and in front of the Palace of Courts. The group used the attention-grabbing tactic to demand greater protection for the victims of gender-based violence, which is on the rise in Argentina. According to official figures, so far this year, femicide has been committed on an average once every 25 hours in Argentina. So that's killing of women and girls, femicide, right? Uh, as, so let's say that again. According to official figures, so far this year, femicide has been committed on average once every 25 hours in Argentina. Whew. On social networks, the hashtag Femicidio es Genocidio quickly went viral, showing hundreds of photos and videos of the protest. Quote, we represent them all and we will always exist, tweeted protester Claudia Acuna. She added later, describing emotional scenes at the protest, quote, older ladies crying because in their time they could not speak aloud of it. Men shocked by the cruelty of these times. Heh, I'll take that. So, again, in Argentina, femicide, murder of women, on average this year, once every 25 hours.
So these women, this this group, uh, this um, FACC, Artistic Force of Communicative Shock uh, performance, this dramatization, this, this screaming protest, which is something I had never heard of before. Um, Naked feminists stage screaming protest for violence against women. So next time you're um, rocking out to uh, you know music, let's pay attention to the lyrics because even though the groove may be something you you dig, uh, the message the message is a slippery slope. You are listening to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm Global Val. And you know what? We've got some good news. How about that? June. June. Oh, um, okay. Admittedly, this is a story from... I misread the date. It is a story from June, but it's a story from June of last year. So, okay, we won't call it news, but we'll call it something uh, that we can uh, use as a, as a springboard for other things. This was in positivenewsus.org. Uh, again, sorry, June of 2016. Big win for Native Americans preventing uranium mining. Judges side with tribe. The Ogala Sioux tribe and activists scored a big win on May 26th, 2016, when federal administrative judges ruled that the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, the NRC, staff has failed to take a hard look at cultural resources in recommending renewal of a uranium mining license for Crow Butte Mine. The decision delays permitting. The tribe intervening in the license renewal application for the mine in Dawes County, Nebraska, adjacent to the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, argued that the staff recommended approval in the violation of its rights under the National Historic Preservation Act and the National Environmental Protection Act, or NEPA. Resolving in favor of the tribe's argument, an oversight panel established by the Atomic Licensing and Safety Board ruled, quote, the NRC staff has not met its identification obligations under the two laws, nor has the NRC staff in its environmental assessment undertaken a hard look under NAPA at cultural resources within the license area, end quote. The board requested the staff, quote, remedy its noncompliance. In other words, go back to the drawing board and address tribal concerns over historical and cultural sites of relevance before any permitting. An attorney for the interveners, David Frankel, thanked people who have supported the legal costs of the intervention. Nancy Kyle, an Ogala activist in the Sisterhood to Protect Sacred Water, which is based in the mining-impacted town of Crawford, Nebraska, said the ruling is a case of the oversight panel making government personnel follow the rules that they should have initially. Woohoo, she said. A federal agency determined that a foreign company did not properly consult with First Nations. End quote. Crow Butte Mine is a decades-old project of the world's largest publicly traded uranium mining company, the Canadian Cameco 
Corporation, which is facing federal tax dodging allegations in its home country and an investigation by the IRS for over $32 million in U.S. back taxes. The company is reducing uranium well field development and its Wyoming operations as its stock values are crashing. So that was from Positive News, albeit a year ago. Uh, I'm sorry that I don't have the updated information on that, and I, I hope that that, that, that uh, ruling has st stood. Um, but of course, I'd invite you to get in contact with me if you'd like to call the station here at Mutiny Radio, 415-550-0511. If you happen to be part of the Ogala Sioux Tribe and have information about uh, the the uranium uh, mining license of Crow Butte, uh, I invite you to get in touch with me. You can also find me on Facebook, Women's Magazine with Global Val. And um, let's keep following these stories because uh, it's not just a story. These are realities. These are things that are affecting everyday, you know, people's lives. Uh, the you know, local and, and grander and local environment and environment on a grander scale as well. And it's all connected folks. In case you haven't noticed, we only live on one planet, even though maybe Jimi Hendrix came from a different one. You're listening to women's magazine. Uh, I've got about another 15 minutes or so. So I'm going to play a little more music for you and I'll be right back. Every day there's something to celebrate And life breaks for no one so don't hesitate Never wait, stay awake and appreciate Every breath, every step that you take Thanks whatever you create for your life And the best things in it usually don't have a price Your true friends hold on to them tight Vampires just shake them like dice And if you meet your soulmate, marry them twice But first, here's my advice Get a college degree, maybe PhD Then try to find ways to end poverty See the planet, take nothing for granted And party in places you don't speak the language Laugh till it hurts, cry out of and love like a minute, take like a minute up. Don't you hold on me?
living it up here at mutinyradio.fm and so happy that uh, we have this community space to be here and spread the word, spread the love throughout this century as we all so deeply need it. And um, yeah, tis, tis, tis the summer and uh, hope you're all enjoying whatever climate you may be in. Here in the Bay Area, uh, you know, it's it's we're never sure what's going to happen next. Um, from one day to the next, it was raining uh, a day ago, and now it is sunny and beautiful. And so, change is constant and inevitable and unpredictable. And so, let's hope we can all uh, accept it as it comes in all these beautiful ways. I, I remember I saw. Um, a meme back in October, maybe. And um, it was a picture of a leaf and it was, you know, a red autumn leaf and it was a beautiful picture. And the message was just remember that change is beautiful. So that's what we're at about here at Mutiny Radio and Women's Magazine. just wrap up today with a few announcements of events coming up. Of course, this Sunday, the 40th annual Hate Ashbury Street Fair. Um, definitely, if you're cruising around in the city and 
you should go to the hate street fair. I mean, why wouldn't you? Um, and actually, um, you know, the hate street fair always has great music and, uh, you know, it's just a lot of fun. Um, there's going to be the, the summer of love stage, of course. Um, and you can go out there and you can support, um, you could support a, a new organization here in uh, San Francisco and specifically um, started in the Haight-Ashbury. Uh, the uh, Sunshine Powers is the proprietor of Love on Hate, which is right there at the corner of Hate and Masonic. It was form formerly called Jammin' on Hate. Uh, giant tie-dye shop there um but she's deeply involved with the local organization called taking it to the streets which helps um homeless youth to get shelter uh counseling job training um and, and one of the things that they do, uh, all of the clients have taken it to the streets, is that they, they work five days a week, five hours a day, uh, walking up and down Hate Street and cleaning the streets, like picking up trash and contributing to, to the community. So um, there's going to be uh, definitely a presence of taking it to the streets at the Hate Street Fair. So definitely look for that. Um, she's, Sunshine Powers has also started a new uh, nonprofit called the Council of Love um, to try to uh, bring community resources together, use